Welcome to At The Root with Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling. Greg is a practicing psychotherapist and holistic life coach who has learned through professional practice and personal experience that without connection to self, real connection with others is near impossible because emotional connection is at the root of healthy living. Hello, Greg. Hello, Stacy. How are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. Back in the back in the studio. Back in the studio. Back in the saddle again. If you have a question or a comment, you are welcome to call into the show at 425-373-5527. Or you're also welcome to go to KuiperCounseling.com. And Greg has a contact page where you can reach out to him, ask him a question, uh, just connect in any way that you might want to. But in the meantime... We're continuing this conversation. Back at the ranch. Back at the ranch. Exactly. (laughs) So let's catch up, folks, where we left off. So when last we met, we were talking about, well, we ended with uh, Charlotte and Steve, our couple that are are going through it. Um, And Greg used this phrase that I loved. We were talking about illusion and the dynamics of illusion in a relationship, and you called it sleight of mind. Yeah, yeah. I really liked that. It just came to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about sleight of hand, right? An illusion, sleight of hand, magic, whatever. And and the illusions we're talking about are sleights of mind. We're tricking our mind. Right. Or our mind has been tricked. Right. So then yeah. that led into, uh, we talked about then the uh, triggers and the word that you used, which I liked, you were on the fence about, was manipulate and how, um, you know, we can, triggers yeah. can get manipulated and our reactions and, and it really becomes a whole thing. You know, I thought about this this week and I think what would have been more clear for me at least would have been perceived manipulation, right? Ah, yes. Because it's perception of the mis- manipulation. I don't think it's, you know, intent. Right. Obviously. Right. Right. Um, and so we talked a lot about that. And then you updated us on Charlotte and Steve, affectionately known as Char. Mm-hmm. And they had this appointment with you together. And then, you know, I had this the spark of hope. And then... Uh, they came back together again to meet with you, and they had a bit of a dust-up. Yeah. And in that, uh, Charlotte shared that her sister was having some issues and that she wanted to help, and she was going to Steve as her her person. Right. Somebody and, to share it with. Right, exactly. And that, you know, st- it seems like, and... I know you'll correct me if I'm wrong. It seems like Steve doesn't understand that idea of sharing something that may evoke some powerful feelings or whatever it is. He's kind of like, if you can't solve it, then why should you feel it? Right. Well, remember, attunement is the reciprocal exchange of sensitivities, right? And He's not able to do the reciprocal part. Right. right? Yet. Yeah, yet. And he wants to fix it. I mean, and he's tired of fixing her sister's problems, right? And that's not the point here. Right. The point was just listen to me. I need a shoulder. Exactly. Right. Because A, you know, obviously she worries about her sister. And B, anytime people have issues and if it, if it, 
resonates with you in some way, then it may kick up some of your own stuff. Right. Right. And so we generally, you know, we've all got these illusions generally that we have been living under mm-hmm. and for years. And then you, you get two people together in a relationship and they've each got their own illusion going on. Right. And uh, that just complicates things even more because now it's what I call the grand illusion. Right. I mean, it's all these illusions together uh, just totally messing around with thinking processes, behaviors, responses, emotional reactions. I mean, it's, it can be a mess sometimes. And, and I think what we find a lot of times is the, the, uh, something will, will appear to be silly even. And when you get really down to the bottom of it, it's triggering an illusion, right? Oh, yeah. It feels like emotional schizophrenia. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, there's like that, that one personality that shows up, and and I and I don't know anything about this. I'm not the professional here, but from what I know about schizophrenia, it's multiple personalities that help you cope with things, right? Yeah, kind of. But okay. Okay. We'll, go well with that. yeah. So, but <laughs> okay. I said I'm not the expert, but it just you know. So the grand illusion feels like it's the combination of like right. all of this coming together. Right. But right. you're going to explain what the grand illusion probably really is. <laughs> Well, you know, personally, for each of us individually, we generally don't have just one illusion, right, we're living in, and neither does our partner. And neither of us have just one way we trigger the other person's illusion. So there's multiple layers here, perceived manipulation of feelings and thoughts. And that entirety of the grand illusion makes it seem insurmountable. We develop these... uh, Thoughts and beliefs that this relationship will never work. It's not meant to be. We place the blame on the other. Or we tell ourselves that it's our fault. And all these irrational thoughts and beliefs are fed by the perceived manipulation of feelings from the other. The triggers to our illusions. So our illusions are not real. So we don't even know we're living them. And, and it's the same our partner too. We're just stuck back in this critical loop of illusions. And and the, the big grand illusion is overwhelming. We can find ourselves continually banging our heads up against the wall, so to speak, right? And and this is basically anxiety. Fear and worry about what's to come. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I work with people with anxiety, it's key to get them to a place of being in the present moment. Find the here and now, and then to name what they are feeling and look at this anxiety after they name it, almost like using a third-person perspective. You know, step, step outside yourself and look at it. Look at what's happening down there. And from that perspective, noticing and realizing that the anxiety indeed does appear to be this huge mountain, but the mountain is composed of many uh, hills, rocks, outcroppings, right? And if we can look at the individual parts, break it down to each hill and rock and outcropping, we, we lose focus on the massive mountain and we have before us the individual pieces, which are much easier to work with. Okay, right? so let me translate this. Okay. So, basically, all of the fears that we have, we have now built a mountain out of a molehill. Basically, that's it, yeah. And what happens is instead of 
thinking about the whole one step at a time thing, we are already worried about how we're going to get to the top of that. Right. And so what you're saying is it's the whole journey thing. Stop focusing on the destination and right. how difficult that looks. Instead, put one foot in front of the other. Yeah. In the here and now, today, what can you do today? Okay. Right? Okay. I cannot get to the top of this mountain today. I may never, ever be able to get to the top of the mountain, but I can find those hills and outcroppings and, you know, I, I can deal with those on a day-to-day basis. Right. right? And you can probably what get further I than you think. Today? Yeah. You, yes. Yeah. So the same goes for the grand illusion, right? We don't even know where to start. But if we can first become aware of our individual illusions that we've automatically been cruising along with, right, just every day since who knows when, and then step outside of ourselves a little bit and realize that these illusions are not real. They're not the truth. And then find the truth. And the illusions disappear, right? Illusion and truth cannot exist together. It's impossible. One or the other. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like, unless you think the truth is the illusion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but All now right. I'm getting into, yeah, like, yeah, you okay. know, deep, deep, deep. <laughs> of course I'm making it difficult. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to have to dedicate a whole show to that one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that that's what people do. They're obviously, if you're believing the illusion, then that's your truth. And so then you ha- you find it hard to separate the two, right? Right. But the real truth is the opposite of the illusion. Illusion right. is an illusion. It's not true. It's not real. So when these, you know, when we replace our individual illusions with truth, the the grand illusion kind of dissolves. You know, I picture the, like, Star Trek when they're transporting kind of just... <laughs> The dematerializing or uh-huh. something, right? Beat me up, Scotty. Yeah, right. And, and, and then the grand truth takes its place, right? The, the truth. That's when we can start to find, we can find attunement in the relationship. Once again, that mutual exchange of sensitivities and information where we live in harmony with ourselves and with the other person. So I believe for two insecurely attached individuals that are willing to do the work, this attunement is attainable. And, and there are some exceptions, of course. You know, I suppose if narcissism or other personality disorders are present or, or a deep mental illness, it's probably not attainable or at least very difficult, right? But we're talking about people that aren't that way. Right. Right now. Right. So why are these illusions so difficult to see and change? Mainly, we don't even know they are there. We don't know what they are. They are just operating in the background of our lives, in our subconscious. It's kind of like breathing, right? Mm-hmm. We don't think about it. It just happens on that subconscious level. Thank goodness. So the illusions can be triggered by the weirdest reactions and thoughts and things we say, which also contributes to making them hard to see. Let me give you an example here. Yeah, that'll be helpful. Well, this is interesting. Out of the blue in a couple session, one partner brought up that she couldn't go to the gym in the same car with her partner anymore. Out of the blue. So, I'm curious. I asked why, and she says that she likes to roll the window down on the way there and back and feel the fresh air. And he jumps right in and says, it's 90 degrees outside, and he can't take the hot air blowing on him. 
She replies that the air from the AC dries her skin and makes it hard to manage. Now, as we look at this, right, it's easy to think, oh, come on, people. <laughs> There's a compromise in there somewhere, right? This isn't that big a deal, right? No. I mean, it's easy to think that. So, so I, I left out the judgment part, but I did inquire about the possibility of a compromise. And she jumps right in with a raised voice and says, I don't want to compromise. I want my window down and I want to drive. She's definitely going through perimenopause. <laughs> no. I didn't go there, but <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. I mentioned something about taking turns, but that didn't work right away. I just shut down. And and he says that he likes to drive. And she says, It's my car and I want to drive and I want my window down. So I'm guessing the driving issue has to do with being in the seat to control the windows, right? But I don't say anything. And, and then he makes the mistake of telling her, oh, come on. This is ridiculous. Oh. It's such a stupid thing to fight over. I'm willing to compromise. Just put your window down a little bit for part of the way. Again, she says, with finality, I don't want to compromise. It's my blankety-blank car. We're going to drive separate cars to the gym from now on. So in, in the past few sessions before this, we'd been working with the critical loop and triggers to illusions, right, what we were talking about. So I brought it up. Okay, guys, see if you can step back and look at this in the context of triggers and illusions like we've been talking about. There's something else going on here, don't you think? I mean, I'm no expert, but even I can tell. <laughs> well, directed her partner, right at her partner, she says, you're always telling me what to do. We've never, we talked over and over about how you control everything in our lives every day. And he springs in with defensiveness that I cut him off. And I ask her, see if you can step outside yourself a bit and look at this without the emotion, right? Was there a time in your life when control was an issue? Oh, yes. My parents ran my life always. I was told what to do and when to do it. I was never allowed an opinion, and what I said never mattered. I would get so angry, and that just made it worse. Bingo. Mm. I talked with both of them about this control trigger, and they both acknowledged that this wasn't her being overly sensitive, but being triggered to an illusion that she'd been living. He began to realize how he was triggering her with his behaviors and responses, and she started to become aware of her illusion and how it's triggered. She ended the session by saying, I've thought about this, and I want to keep thinking about it, but I'm willing to compromise. I just got to process it more. So That's there like you go. She went from, I don't want to compromise, to, okay, I'm willing to compromise, because she started thinking about this illusion, and he started thinking about how he triggers it, there's a long process that they're going to have to go through here to get to right. So clearly, attunement, but but just realizing, right? Back to her, you know that that critical loop and the coping mechanisms. And so it sounds like her parents controlled everything. She had little choice. Right. So then, now that she's an adult and she has the opportunity to control things, she's now going to control things that are <laughs> really incidental. In the greater scheme of things. Right, because she's never been allowed to control anything. Right. And, and her anger was her response to her parents, and it's her response to the, in this situation, with her husband. And so that just 
gets the critical loop going, right? I mean, oh, come on, don't be ridiculous. I'm not ridiculous, you know? Right? I mean, it's just so here we go. Well, and I mean, it's all about raising the windows up in the car. No, it's not. Like my head is spinning of all of the illusions that I'm thinking of right now. But I'm like, <laughs> huh. You know, I'm like, I get mad at Pete because he doesn't do things around the house. And like, he's supposed to do things around the house. And, you know, that's the that's the illusion that I have of like, this is how this works. And, yeah. you know, like, this is how it's supposed to work. And, you know. Well, I didn't make that one up. That's, that happened. Uh, well, I mean, honestly. How could, how could you make is, that up? Truth right? is stranger than fiction. Yeah, all right. Interesting. So, you know, last week we left Char and Steve in a similar moment of realization. When we find this new information that doesn't fit in with our illusions, it can be confusing and awkward, right, and, and, and embarrassing for many. It's like that feeling we, when we realize that we've fallen for a con or a scam, right, or been taken advantage of in some way. Is it true? How could it be? How did I miss this? Right? Mm-hmm. Especially after you've been living it for so long. Sharon and Steve were both very reserved at the next session. I picked up on the energy when they first came into the room. A low-key kind of uneasy feeling is what it seemed like to me. So I started. We finished the session a little abruptly last week, so I thought we'd start where we left off. You both were contemplating pretty intensely about what had happened in the session. Did you talk about it at all between you this last week? Steve replied, Actually, no. We didn't talk about it at all, if I remember correctly, looking at Char. We didn't, Char said. And I don't think we even said a word all the way home in the car after the session. Yeah, that was strange, Steve jumped in. We usually carry on in the car right where we left off in the session. That can be dangerous, I said with a chuckle. Mm. Yes, it can, he replied. I was just so deep in thought about this illusion thing, I guess, that I've been living for a long time yet. I turned to Char. What about you? It was like I was in shock. I had this feeling of disbelief. It's hard for me to fathom that when Steve gets critical of my sharing of feelings and needs with him, that I go into what we're calling an illusion and one I've been living with since I was a kid. But the more I think about it, the more I can see so many instances where I could get criticized. I would get criticized. Or even just imagine the criticism is coming, I would anticipate it, and I would just shut down. Not just with Steve, but but my whole life. This has been hard to take in, still is here. Steve said, That's probably why we didn't talk much the whole week. Or our conversations were just superficial. I felt like a piece of crap about half the time, and the other half, it felt like I was on eggshells. So I couldn't let that one go. I asked him, so tell me the feeling of feeling like a piece of crap. I knew you were going to say that, he replied. Mm -hmm. Uh... Despondent? Edgy? Uh, sad, I guess. What, what's the feeling you get when you think you've been taken advantage of? Shame, I asked. Yeah, I guess. He didn't like the sound of that one. Hmm. 
And, and you know, that feeling of being on eggshells. Anxiety, right? I nodded affirmatively. See, I'm getting this. He lightened up the mood a bit and gave Char an opening. I felt anxious, too. Like I had to tread carefully in order not to trigger anything. So I said, we have to be careful to not swing too far the other way, overcompensating. Shame will do that to us. As we carry on with our work in these sessions, it will become more comfortable and less awkward. Obviously, greatly helps when we can be totally open with one another, not just in here, but at home, too, both of you. We want to get to a place where one of you can say, well, do you remember the time when, and then look at that time together, seeing how it tied in with the triggers and illusions in a curious way, right? Not a blaming way. So this is just vulnerability. We're talking about vulnerability here. And that's something that is a necessary part of finding attunement. But you'll both want to ease into it. It's not something you're familiar with right now. It may be easier if you can start with sharing a moment in the past when you weren't together, right? To look at an incident where you got triggered or triggered someone else. I remember when my best friend in high school, you know, and so on. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure you don't get overwhelmed, and that's why it's important to rely on each other for support during this discovery. And I'll be monitoring, too, keeping track of you. So I ended the session with, so, this next week, do some exploration together. And keep it as light as you can. Do this discovery with a sense of curiosity, doing your best to avoid dread or regret. That's hard. Yeah, so that, that is the hard part, and especially when, you know, the mediator, me, is not there with them all week, right? Don't want to be, but... Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and, you know, the... It's sort of, you have to be careful, as you say, to do it from a place of curiosity and not like rehashing old situations where you then bring up the old the old hurts and the old whatever. And, and the old blames. Right. You know, and so, you know. Defensiveness. It, right. Instead, doing it from a sense of, oh, now I understand, you know, why this. Right. You know, remember that time that this happened. But as you say, it, that's, it makes sense then to not necessarily delve into your own relationship, but to maybe bring it up in situations that are outside of that work or your family of origin or something. Yeah, just to get started, right? And maybe keep the relationship stuff for in the session for a little while. I mean, this is, this is a delicate area that you're treading on, right? Because you're bringing up this stuff that's – and realizing things that um, – are, it's impossible not to feel a little duped, you know, by right. yourself. How did this happen, you know? And, and it, you know, we work on that together. Well, and all that wasted time or frustration oh, and... I've been doing this my whole life. 
if I would have only known, I mean, all these should have, would have, could have. I mean, that's that's the hard part with this. And but but it's important to go back there and look at it. It is. It's well, important for Shardik to come to some kind of an understanding that, you know, uh, Steve hasn't intentionally been an a-hole all this time. You know, he's he's. <laughs> You know, he came he, by it naturally. Yeah, no, he's tr- yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> he wasn't trying. He literally, it was part of his own situation, and sure. that he didn't know how to respond differently. And he still doesn't, right? right? And so here's here's a person that's that's uh, doesn't know how to deal with his emotions or express them, and uh, being faced with. I've got to figure this out. Right. And having to try to look in the mirror with no judgment. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. That yeah. is tough. That's tough. That's yeah, But really it's so key if they can do it together, right? If you can be supportive together. Oh, I get it. Oh, that time. Yeah. You know, oh, don't worry about it. You know, it's over. Let's, we're fixing it now. This is great. That mm-hmm. kind of a supportive together rather than alone in your, you know. Right. And solitude beating yourself up. Well, and it brings the, you know, that uh, um, the vulnerability and attunement piece. So being vulnerable enough to share some of those things and being attuned to each other to know that how you approach it and how you have the conversation without any kind of blame and whatever. And as you you constantly keep reminding us with that curiosity and exploration yeah. to, you know, see how this has shown up in your life. It's right. it's constant confirmation of, oh yes, okay, yep. This is here's a perfect example of a situation. Right, and that helps you move forward. Mm-hmm. Right, without regret. <sighs> that's a tough one sometimes. <laughs> it's so you know you brought up the word uh, shame, or I guess Steve brought up shame, right. um, and you know, and just that embarrassment that you're not smart enough. So, yeah, I I. Clearly, I need to have a session with you just alone and just to discuss this. It's fine. We all do. Um, And you all can by going to KuiperCounseling.com and you can connect with Greg. You can learn about the webinars that he does, his practice, um, his blog, this podcast, et cetera, et cetera. Um, So make sure that you check that out. You can check him out on social media uh, media as well under Kuiper Counseling. Greg, send us off with your usual words of wisdom. Just stay aware out there everywhere everyone there you go 